0: Dynasty Football Factory in the Dynasty Football Network, that's Travis Rasmussen, that's James Katulis, I've been working on that all week, I'm John Hogan, this <laughs> is Super Flexible, the Super Flex universe got flipped upside down in week 6, with quarterbacks getting benched, quarterbacks getting hurt, and of course, the fantasy quarterback going down, and going down hard. We're trying to make sense of the Week 6 quarterback massacre by talking waivers and fantasy impact. Plus confidence checks, trade reflections, super streakers, and you are nuts. But before anything else, we need to talk about Aaron Rodgers, Travis. First of all, he is—he broke his collarbone uh, on the right side, on his sho- uh, throwing shoulder. And uh, preliminary reports are... Um, six to ten weeks it is going to require surgery uh, but there's still they haven't ruled out yet the idea that he could miss a season Travis
1: yeah not yet um it's not looking good though I mean broken collarbone it's it's rough fantasy owners I mean obviously huge investment and if you got Aaron Rodgers on our team you probably had to you're probably the guy that reached for him obviously as the number one QB so that sucks um we'll talk more about you know, the situation later with, with Hundley and, and the receivers and whatnot. But, you know, I think the overall offense obviously takes a hit there.
0: Teddy Bridgewater is active for the Minnesota Vikings. He'll be back at practice as of today. In fact, um, he's, uh, he's back in practice with the Vikings and uh, James, how long do you think um, James uh, Case Keenum has this job and when do we expect to see Teddy Bridgewater?
2: Well, and that's, that's really the question because uh, Bridgewater now, I believe the Vikings have 21 days now to activate him from the pup list, and I expect them to take a little bit. I mean, uh, Bridgewater hasn't seen any action in a while, a year and a half. He's coming back. It's gonna He's going to be rusty. It's going to take him some time to get into game shape. So I, I think it'll be a little bit before Teddy Bridgewater sees the field, but when he does um, I think he's going to be uh, taking the field for a team that's going to be uh, making a push for the playoffs. Uh, Bradford, that, that knee injury we hear is worse than uh, what was originally reported now. So I, I think uh, they're going to get Bridgewater back at an opportune time. Um, so, uh, but I don't think there's any rush. Keenan's played pretty well. So,
0: Colin Kaepernick is uh, filing a lawsuit against the NFL claiming collusion by the owners. Here's the deal guys, politics aside, Colin Kaepernick does not want to play football. That's that's the way I take this. The the one week where you've got quarterback jobs open all over the NFL is the week that he chooses to do this and burn that bridge to the ground. So, it, you know, the, it has nothing to do with collusion. You're a backup quarterback asking for starting quarterback money. And there hasn't been room in anybody's budget for that. There hasn't been a need for that. Now the time has finally come to to go grab a job, and you decide to burn the bridge. So, yeah, to me, Colin Kaepernick, if you're still hanging on to him in your dynasty leagues, is probably going to be droppable here. Jameis Winston is going to miss some time, could miss some time, with with a sprained AC joint. Um, there's also a possibility that he plays this week in week seven uh what are we uh what are we looking for here Travis?
1: yeah, I think you said it you know could miss some time um, I think that's the main takeaway here is you know Fitzpatrick's gonna be a big ad probably and I mean you can add him I just wouldn't I wouldn't spend very much money on him if you need a starter for one week you might get one um but you know, it's not a long term injury here, so we should have Winston back in no time.
0: And in week five, Deshaun Kaiser was replaced by Kevin Hogan. In week six, Kevin Hogan would have been replaced if there was anyone to replace him with. Now your Browns are <laughs> considering a move here, James. Who, who's going to be named the starter?
2: Oh, uh, this is such a mess. I mean, it, you bench the young quarterback, Kaiser, for Hogan. Hogan comes in and looks worse than Kaiser did at any point in the season, probably. And uh, and now, you know, the the starting quarterback's up in the air again. It's hard to go back to the young guy after benching him, you know, especially this soon after one week. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't think they have a whole lot of options here unless they're planning on going with Cody Kessler, which, I mean, I, I think they kind of burned that bridge earlier in the year making him the number three and not dress him for so long. So uh, at this point, I have no idea. Uh, I think Hugh Jackson made a mess of this. I don't think Kaiser should have been mentioned to begin with, but, um, you know, whatever he does, he's going to have to push some buttons to get this team to play decent because as of right now on offense, it's just not there.
0: All right, let's go in depth a little bit. Um, We'll still look at at all the news from week six here, but um, take a little bit more time on some of this stuff because there's some very interesting names Um, both positively and negatively, that we need to address. And let's start with Orleans Darkwa, running back for the Giants. He came in here to Denver, my hometown, against my number one ranked rush defense and (laughs) went 21 times for 117 yards in one of the worst losses uh, in Denver Broncos history outside of the Super Bowl. Um, that was, uh, there was absolutely no reason to, to lose that game. And, uh, a lot of people probably won, probably took down Vegas on that one, but let's start with Orleans Darkwa. Is this a thing going forward? This is two straight weeks now where he has set his career high for rushing yards. Um, do we think that, that, that upwards trajectory is going to continue or does he come back down to earth?
2: You know, the Giants fans have been have been wanting this guy to get the ball more uh, since the beginning of the season. They've kind of seen that this is the kind of back that can succeed in New York. Uh, Pretty much everybody else they have. I mean, uh, you know, you look at guys like Wayne Gallman, you look at guys like Shane Vereen. They're smaller pass catching backs. They're not guys who can plow through the line, who can make yards for themselves uh Darkwa is was a strong runner he runs strong up the middle um and you know even going back to his college days I mean this guy from Tulane averaged four and a half yards a carry in college so um he was always a, an effective you know thumper who could get you for four to five yards uh, on a lot of his carries and I think that's what the Giants need um and you know you saw it against Denver the number one rushing defense he was impressive so yeah I think Orleans Darkwa's uh, earned himself more carries there's no wide receivers for New York that are healthy right now. So um, I'm definitely buying Orleans Darqua for the rest of the season at least. I, I guess I disagree for the most part.
1: As you know, I, I called him a jag on Twitter earlier today uh, or yesterday. And I don't know. I mean, so I think I think this was more of a, a game flow type, you know, game or game plan rather, you know wh- – what other option do they have? You know, they, they lost three their three top receivers last week. You know, I think they I think they didn't really have an option but to hand it off twenty-one times. I mean he had twenty or twenty-one attempts to Darkwa, the team rushed thirty-two times and only had nineteen pass attempts. So I mean I guess I agree in that if they're gonna feed him twenty plus Gary's game, you know, he's gonna have value, you know, for this season. I just don't think he's anything special. You mentioned the 4.5 yards a carry in college, and according to you know PlayerProfiler.com, that's in the fifth percentile of college running backs. So, I mean, that you know that doesn't scream anything special there. And if you, I know you, I hate the argument. You know, if you take his longest run away, you know, but but, I mean, he had one run that was um, what 47 yards, so he would have been at 20 carries for 70 yards, which is Decent, but I mean, it's not you know a crazy 120 yard game. So I don't know. I just I, I mainly fear that, or I, I, I guess I don't have faith that the Giants can even sustain offense enough to to keep positive game strips going and and keep him valuable. You know, to to I guess be able to keep giving him the carries that they gave him last night.
0: On to <laughs> Travis the Beard. Your Arizona Cardinals finally have a running back. <laughs> first time again, ever, first time ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. They, they, you, you guys are just so spoiled with running backs. You don't even know. But uh... oh, come on.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we, yeah, we were trotting Chris Johnson out there in 2015 for like 20 carries a game. So,
0: ah, that's true. Yeah. Only because you didn't, they didn't, and then know again that,
1: this year, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's only because in 2015 they didn't know that his brother David was an a absolute stud just waiting. Um, I think
1: they're cousins, but yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that must be. There's, there's not a whole lot of uh family resemblance going on there, so
1: <laughs> the last oh, yeah, name, that's AP,
0: close. yeah.
1: He killed it. I was, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty exciting as a Cardinals fan, obviously. And I am pretty optimistic, uh, even, you know, trying to take my bias away. I think, obviously, you know, it's good for that offense as, I mean, it showed in that game. You know, they, that's what Bruce Arians does. You know, they, they have to have that run game to rely on to set up you know the deep shot that that Arians loves so much and um you know I mean so and on Sunday Palmer only had 22 pass attempts but because they were able to establish the run you know those 22 attempts turned into 283 yards and three touchdowns they ran the ball 32 times AP got 26 of them and obviously, we were able to see what he could do with it. You know, hopefully, um, this is a matter of, you know, Sean Payton just not willing to actually feed the one guy that much. And, um, you know, the scheme not really working with AP. So, I mean, he looked good. I don't, I, don't I, I watched, I went back and watched some of the film. I don't think he, I mean, he doesn't look like AP, you know, four or five years ago. But he looked I mean, he looked like he's still got some juice left for sure, and I think that that opens up the rest of the offense, and I think the Cardinals might actually win some games here, man. So
0: you think this is a – you'd say this is a trend going forwards?
1: Yeah, I mean, not 130 yards a game, but obviously I am on record saying he's going to have at least 300, three 100-yard games. So I think it's definitely – I think he's going to be solid. I think he's going to – be I think he's going to have several good games but other than just his production I think that it helps the Cardinals offense Carson Palmer and the receivers tremendously
0: I mean here's here's my favorite part about it 26 carries first of all in a point per carry league I mean he 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 was already the number 1 running back in all of fantasy but then he gets you another what would it be eight points just a little over eight and a half points something like that on on carries alone in a in a ppc league so i like that part that also that to me is sustainable um that type of volume especially you know chris johnson's out of the way um kerwin williams gets three carries in this game and uh i'm guessing that was just when uh after a long run by Adrian Peterson, without watching the game, I'm guessing every time Adrian Peterson had a long run and had to step aside to to catch his breath, that's when Kerwin Williams, it was his time to shine, so to speak. Um, right. So, I mean this this one feels like a trend to me potentially, um, just uh, just based on based on volume. Game flow is going to be a little bit of an issue going forward, though. You don't get to play that Bucks defensive front every week. Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith, 17 of 25, 252 yards, a touchdown and an interception at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's the worst week that he's had so far uh, this season on what looked like an MVP campaign. Does he bounce back from here, or um, is he... Uh, or is is he going back to what he has been for the last several years and uh, maybe we start to see some movement towards my guy Pat Mahomes taking over the starting job
1: i I personally don't I don't think Patrick Mahomes sees the field this year at all I think that there was a bad matchup I think I mean a tough matchup you know the the Steelers played well um, on defense and I mean, the the Chiefs only had the ball for 23 minutes in that game, and I mean he he didn't play well, but the stat line is basically you know last year Alex Smith. So I mean it wasn't terrible; it was pretty average. Uh, um, but I I I bought in. I think he's going to be just fine, and I've got more to say about that later.
2: I'll get right into it too. <clears throat> as far as Alex Smith goes, <clears throat> I expect to bounce back, and I I think. Pittsburgh has been known to kind of play to their competition. I mean, when they're playing a good team, they play up to that team. When they play a poor team, they play down to it. And I think this was a classic case of Pittsburgh all week had to hear how Big Ben was done. Um, You know, they had to hear all week about how, you know, this this team isn't as good as they they were projected to be on paper. Um, And, you know, they're playing the Chiefs who are undefeated, and there's no way they're going to go into Kansas City and beat them. And, you know, I just I, I think Pittsburgh just played up to that narrative. They They did something smart. They handed it off to Le'Veon Bell, and they found a way to to get him going so they didn't have to rely on Ben in the passing game. And... When Ben did pass, he, he targeted Antonio Brown often and, and uh, that seemed to be a win winning formula for them. So um, also defensively, I mean Pittsburgh's a much better defensive team this year than they're giving credit for. Um, they've got a lot of young playmakers like Ryan Shazier, T J Watt, but that secondary has been really good too and underrated. So um, I, I expect Alex Smith to bounce back. I think it was one poor performance. Um, but I think uh, I, I I think moving forward you can still pencil him in as a high end quarterback too and a super flex.
0: And I am nothing, if not biased, against quarterbacks like Alex Smith, who I have never bought into, and I still do not. And uh, so I'm going to stick with that. I mean, first of all, the I'll, I'll give him this. The, the schedule is definitely soft for going forward for uh, passing offenses, but... Um, He also doesn't have a lot of high-powered offenses um, that he's going to be going up against uh, where he necessarily needs to throw to keep up. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more Kareem Hunt going forward. I think you're going to see a lot more Sharkandrick West going forward. And the other thing to keep in mind is this receiving core is getting really banged up at this point. Chris Conley's already out for the season. Albert Wilson missed this game um who I'm not totally sure what the prognosis is going forward but um I know he missed uh the week 6 game against Pittsburgh and at the very end of that game Tyreek Hill took a a pretty stiff shot I believe he landed in the concussion protocol I don't I don't know how he could have avoided it I know they were checking him out for a concussion at the end of the game so this there he he's starting to run out of targets um which means you're giving Andy Reid less and less motivation to throw the ball. And I also, again, I don't know that they're going to necessarily need to throw the ball all that much um, you know, against the Oakland's and the Buffalo's of the world. So I, I think that this is the beginning of a new trend for Alex Smith, and I think that it's one that ends with him on the bench, Patrick Mahomes on the field, and, again, that's based – more, more than anything, just on my own personal bias against Alex Smith. So, um, there, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe some wishful thinking a little bit. But
1: I was just going to say the latest uh, news on Hill is uh, PFT reports he did not suffer a concussion, but nothing official from the team yet.
0: Really? Yeah, I know. There's yeah. <sighs> So as of this recording on Monday night, it's, it's been kind of going back and forth. Um, but again, I mean, he took not one, but two helmets to the helmet <laughs> right in the, nu- <laughs> right the nugget. So again, I well, mean, you know
1: that's the, the one one cancels out the other. If you get one helmet, you get a concussion. Oh, if there you get it is. Two, so then you don't.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like the yeah. impact yeah. went through his went from one helmet through his into the other one. So, all okay. right. So, the, the, uh,
1: the second guy that hit him actually has
2: the concussion now. Yeah. Trans- yeah. Yeah. Hill, Hill was the conductor in that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <he> just, <laughs> just, hashtag science analysis.
2: That's right. <laughs> Don't
1: Google it. Just believe us. Yeah. <laughs> Brett
0: Hundley takes over the starting job for the foreseeable future for the Green Bay Packers. Um, so, I guess the first question here is going to be what can we expect from him? But I also want to include in this the Green Bay wide receivers. Um, there's uh, there's going to be an obvious drop-off, I believe, from Brett Hundley mm-hmm. to Aaron Rodgers. And uh, so I'm, I'm wondering, uh, which wide receivers do you still feel like you can trust, if any? Which wide receivers are you downgrading, if any?
1: So as far as Hundley goes, I actually went back on Game Pass and watched... Every pass um, from this past week. And I was, I came out optimistic. Um, Obviously, there's a drop off, like you said. (laughs) Nobody's Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, he showed some flashes of of really good talent. He's, I mean, according, you know, for his metrics, I guess, he's a fantastic athlete. He's in like the 90th percentile on almost every metric. Um, But as far as the, you know, how he played, you know, I thought he showed good pocket awareness. Um, at times, I mean, he took a couple sacks, um, but you know, he could move, he moved up in the pocket when he needed to, he had that on that, um, Devontae Adams touchdown, uh, was one example of that. Um, he showed that he was able to create on his own, I thought, and, and move outside kind of Aaron Rodgers-esque and, and keep plays going and mainly, I guess, you know he, he showed that he could move the offense and that you know it didn't seem like the game was too much for him he didn't seem overwhelmed and he you know i thought overall it was a pretty good outing for being thrown in you know end of the first quarter against minnesota uh, you know a awesome you know obviously a pretty good defense and and i think he played okay and so i'm i'm optimistic as far as i don't think the weapons cease to produce or have value and Jordy I think is still an every week starter. I think Devontae Adams is still an every week starter. I am worried about Cobb. He's you know, shown this year that he is the clear cut number three option when all three are healthy. So he's you know, Hunley is not Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Hunley is gonna be able to sustained three fantasy starters at the wide receiver position so i'm worried about cobb but i think the other two are still absolute must starts most weeks they're probably a little bit more matchup dependent um but yeah i mean i'm I'm more optimistic than i thought i would be after watching the film
2: yeah travis and i'm 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 glad that you watched the film because uh, a lot of what I've heard is, "Oh man, the guy threw one touchdown and three interceptions. Oh, that's terrible." And I think after I went back and watched the film, I came away with the same same impression you did. Was that, you know, th- this is better than I thought it would be. This this is actually not bad. He, you know, he looked he looked pretty good. And uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to our guy at DFF underscore Shane. Uh, he uh, came out with an article uh,
1: regarding. Uh. <laughs>
2: She is the worst. <laughs> yeah, his name is Shane. Is the worst now on Twitter. So yeah, uh, but no, yeah, he, uh, he actually wrote an article about the uh, the Aaron Rodgers injury and the effect it's going to have on some of the uh, the fantasy options there in Green Bay. And um, one of the things he highlighted was how uh, um, was how Huntley. Uh, is you know had had an excellent spark score um and uh and that sort of thing and um but most of it was was you know he he ran really well um you know uh, things that maybe don't translate so well to the uh, to sitting in the pocket and throwing the ball, um, but his ball velocity, even though it was down, um, it was higher than Deshaun Watson's. So, you know sometimes we put too much value in stuff like that. And when you actually watch the game, um, you know Jordy Nelson had ten targets, uh, Devontae Adams had ten targets. Both those guys, I agree, Travis. So I think I I think you know with with the volume that's going to be there. I could I could see those guys still being every week starters. I would I would treat them as that. Randall Cobb's targets three, <laughs> and so yeah. I, I don't think Randall Cobb's a guy or Martellus Bennett is a guy that I'm going to trot out there with as much confidence without Rodgers. But uh, those top two options I will you know and um, and I, I, I think things look better with Hunley than what I initially thought, and I think if you give him a week with the first team offense. Um, let him work with those weapons and we see what he's you know what he's got and what he's comfortable with Man, it couldn't be a better week when you're at home against New Orleans, and I know New Orleans' past defense, um, like we kind of talked about off the air a little bit, is has been a little bit better uh, than than you know what would be expected. But I still think at home against New Orleans is a is a pretty nice matchup when you have very little film uh, for that defense to to prepare for. Um, I I think Huntley's in a good spot this week and moving forward. I I, I don't think I would uh, move down those wide receivers very much anymore and um, as far as a quarterback goes, I I think I'd be trying to get Huntley uh, on the waiver wire if I could. Yeah, I agree, and I just wanted
1: to add. I think, if I remember correctly, nine of Jordy's ten targets came after Rodgers went out. So mm-hmm. optimism
2: there too. Yeah, and the Devontae Adams touchdown came from Huntley too. So um, right. that's 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 another thing that uh, you know is interesting for those two.
0: So it sounds like Randall Cobb is the is the odd man out there. Then I mean, realistically, I so I wrote this in uh, Dynasty Hot Routes. So here's a here's a quick preview. But um, Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback in the NFL, and I I mean that in the most <laughs> sincerest way possible. The only quarterback in the NFL, not Tom Brady, not Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers is the only guy who can support any can support three or more fantasy uh, producers, high level fantasy producing wide receivers, pass catchers, um, on a consistent basis. And you lose him, and somebody has to suffer there. Um, so with Brett Hundley, I mean, what can you really expect? One or two fantasy relevant pass catchers. So, I mean, if we're already saying Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson are going to be those guys, Jordy on, uh, on volume and Devontae Adams on uh, touchdown looks or end zone looks, I mean, that, that pretty much this pretty much signals the end of the Randall Cobb era here in, in, uh, or in Green Bay, correct?
2: Yeah, more than likely it does.
0: San Francisco 49ers bench starting quarterback Brian Hoyer. And he's replaced by rookie C.J. Bethard, who James is the only one of the three of us who knows really anything about him. So we're going to defer to you on this one, James. Um, What can we reasonably expect from C.J. Bethard going forward?
2: Yeah, C.J. Bethard's an interesting name. This guy uh, is a quarterback out of Iowa. And uh, one of the really interesting things about him is I know a lot of people were really excited about, uh, you know, George Kittle and the, the uh, chemistry that he had kind of built with Brian Hoyer. However, uh, you know, rest assured, uh, Kittle fans, because uh, Bethard and Kittle obviously both from Iowa, they have that established um, chemistry, and uh, so I think with Bethard, you can kind of you, you know you're going to expect some growing pains. It's a younger guy. It's taken uh, taken the reins from a team that uh, doesn't have you know the most talented group of wide receivers. However, they're pretty good. You know, I mean they you know Pierre Garcon is a guy who can be counted on, and I really feel like Bethard is going to be someone who's going to rely on Kittle a lot the chemistry that they have that they've already built through college is going to be something that I think he can fall back on. And, uh, you know, tight ends a good safety valve for a young quarterback anyway. So I would expect a lot of that, but there's a guy also who can make some points, uh, some fantasy points and, uh, will gain some yards with his feet. And so that's another thing to kind of look for is, uh, you know, he's really good at moving the pocket. And I think he's a guy who can also, you know, run for some first downs too. So, um, a guy that I would expect, uh, you know, to have some growing pains. But again, in some plus matchups, I would not be afraid to put Bethard out there. He's a young guy, and if he ends up working out, he may be the answer uh, for Kyle Shanahan. And we all know kind of what you know he can do with a quarterback that he feels confident in. So uh, definitely a guy I'd take a flyer on, but uh, but expect some growing pains. You know, a younger guy who's still learning the position.
0: And Golden Tate, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions sprained ac joint he's going to miss quote-unquote several weeks now the lions do have a buy in week seven so that'll cut into the recovery time a little bit Um, but there's still a chance that that we're without golden Tate for a minimum of two weeks beyond that Um, and he has emerged as a pretty significant piece of a very uh fertile fantasy offense um man that was a little gross that was a little girl. So, so, um,
1: so fertile.
0: Hand, hand check real quick. Hands on the table. And, uh, and away we go. Somebody, <laughs> somebody who's not as, as sweaty as I am right now. Talk about Golden <laughs> State and <laughs> the Detroit Lions receivers.
1: Yeah, I... It's a bummer. I mean, I think the I think it's pretty obvious. You know, Marvin Jones' value goes up. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think we need to complicate it any more than that. Um, you know, for the for the short term, obviously, you know, you're not doing anything crazy with Tate. You're holding him, and he's going to be a useful asset when he comes back. Uh, I would think that Stafford's value has gotta. I mean, not value, I guess necessarily. It's a short term injury, but his your expectations of him for the next few weeks have got to dip a little bit, losing his main safety valve weapon. um, They really need Holiday to come back uh, to to fill in that number two role for sure. So hopefully, if he can come back, you know, this week even, that would help Stafford's outlook a little bit. Um, But Jones had a huge game. Uh, He's a talented receiver, so I think he should be able to put up a couple good games here in a row.
0: This is Your Nuts, our bold predi- predictions uh, from each one of us, um, which uh, truly illustrates the uh, the icity of each one of us. Let's start with a little reflection on our week six predictions. We kind of made these last second on uh, Sunday morning. And in fact, I missed the Sunday morning games and had to throw one out for Sunday afternoon. Um, i I don't want to make excuses for this though <laughs> and uh <laughs> so it looks like we're talking about mine first um that's uh that's very interesting, very convenient uh thank you to to Travis the beard for um, putting mine first and making sure that uh we get to talk long and hard about amari cooper
1: yeah, the The worst is first
0: <laughs> where I predicted a breakout game for him. I predicted eight catches, 120 yards, and two touchdowns against a very soft San Diego Chargers defense. He ends up going for five catches on six targets, 28 yards, and again no touchdowns. So, (laughs) I here's the problem with Amari Cooper: is that game eight for 120 and two touchdowns? That's going to happen at some point. It's just next year. (laughs) (laughs) definitely next year i think it'll happen at least once this year but it's gonna be when absolutely nobody is starting him maybe we have to wait until after bye weeks maybe when he's actually getting dropped and then and then it's gonna happen everybody's gonna scramble to pick him up and start him and he's gonna go right back to five for 28
2: yeah john you were nuts man you were nuts. That was crazy, I I yeah I could see it happening one week, you know, and out of nowhere week. I mean even, even a blind squirrel gets a, a peanut. But uh, every, <laughs> every now and then, But uh, but man, I don't I don't know I don't know that that was crazy right there. If that would have came through, man I uh, I would have had to give you serious props because that was that was bold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Travis, tell us about your bold prediction.
1: Yeah, mine was better than John's for sure. For sure better than John's. Debatable. Um,
0: (laughs) You're nuts. You're Uh, already nuts. You haven't even even made a prediction other than that you you make a better prediction than me. And you're already
1: nuts. I'm about to prove myself right here. (laughs) I had John Brown six catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. And he went for three catches, 63 yards. But he did get the touchdown, so I'd say I was more than halfway... He, he got more than halfway to my bold prediction, so... Way closer than John got on his. I'll, I'll take the W on this one. All
0: right. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. James, Sorry. James let's, hear, yeah. let's hear your stupid prediction that was yeah, also better, yeah. and how much better it was than John's.
2: Oh, well, I that, that goes without saying... But I I took Will Fuller. I said he was going to have 100 yards and two touchdowns. He actually had uh, two grabs for 62 yards and one touchdown on five targets. Um, you know, I... I, I think if the game stripped was a little bit different, Will Fuller would have easily gotten there, but uh, no excuses. He did not get there. Um, but, again, another another impressive performance by Will Fuller for fantasy. You know, I mean, only two receptions, but he gets 62 yards and a touchdown. So um, definitely got to continue to keep an eye on moving forward, though.
0: All right, now let's uh, let's put that one behind us um, and uh, completely erase our memories of Amari Cooper eight for 120 and two touchdowns, and move on to week seven. Let's get some predictions going. What do you got, Travis?
1: Yeah, so I mentioned earlier I'd be talking about Alex Smith again, and my week seven, your nuts, bold prediction is he's going to have a bounce back game and have 300 yards and three touchdowns, which I thought was pretty hot until uh, John put his in in the dock here, so... That's, but yeah,
2: 300, 300, that's what I'm here for, man. <laughs> John, I'll let you go ahead and call him nuts because I know how you feel about Alex Smith. So why don't you go ahead and take the honors here?
0: Yeah, you're nuts. You're definitely nuts. I mean he <laughs> it, he I I think that there's a chance for a bounce back game here against the against the Oakland Raiders. This this Raiders secondary in particular has not been uh what we expected going into this season. So there's definitely an opportunity. You can definitely throw on that secondary. the The problem is, f- for one thing, you know, as I mentioned before, he also they don't necessarily need to throw because the Raiders aren't going to be able to keep up offensively. But the biggest reason that you're nuts, Travis, is that Alex Smith is not a 300 yard passer. He's definitely not a three touchdown passer. This is the guy who. Wasn't it Alex Smith a few years ago, or was it Matt Castle, who when the when the Chiefs went an entire season without a touchdown pass to a to a wide receiver?
2: It was Alex Smith. It was. It was.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And even so, I know that, John. <laughs> that was before you were even paying attention, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that. Have. So the point being, that's uh, that's closer to what Alex Smith actually is. than a a guy who's going to throw for three touchdowns in one one game. He's a lot closer to the guy who isn't going to throw any touchdowns in an entire season. So, yeah, you're nuts.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has thrown for 300 yards twice this year in six games. So one of them was against Houston. Just saying, it's doable.
0: Mm -hmm. It's doable. How many three touchdown games does he have?
1: At least one, at least one. It might might be two. I know he's got two 300 yard games. At least one three touchdown game.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you're still nuts, but <laughs> <laughs> let's get prediction from you, James.
2: Yeah, yeah. Make way. All right, guys, because my bowl <laughs> prediction's coming through here. I am gonna say I'm going out on a limb here. I'm saying that Brett Hundley will be a top ten fantasy quarterback next week for week seven. Yeah, you know, I I look, they're at home. They're going against the Saints. I feel like there's there's very little tape on him. The Saints defense can still be had through the air and guess what? Brett Hundley will have to throw the ball in this one going against Drew Brees and that high-powered offense. So, hey, I think Brett hunley can put up even if it is garbage time points, he's going to put up points. I think he's going to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback this week. I don't think you're nuts. All right. Really? You don't... Know,
0: he's nuts. Dude. He's nuts. He's you're both, <laughs> okay, now you're both nuts this time.
1: <laughs> it's a sneak peek to my uh, my super streaker later, John.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, okay, 250 yards is doable, but it's going to take a lot more than that to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback in week seven. And he's going up against, if not the best, definitely the hottest defense in the NFL right now. Whoa. And his yeah, first, I, I, first week game planning is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're Did you just call the nuts. Saints
1: the best defense in the NFL? Is that what you just said, John?
0: Right at the moment, I. You're nuts. You're nuts. <laughs> who, who, who do you got above them?
1: At least 20 teams, probably. 20 yeah, you're.
0: Yeah, you're I, nuts. I, I, this is this is totally going <laughs> off the rails with with people just making more extreme proclamations as we go. We're gonna we're gonna end up debating Alvin Kamara versus Walter Payton here in a minute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you think you think that saying the Saints defense is outside of the top twenty is more nuts than saying the Saints defense is the best in the NFL?
0: Uh, Right at the moment, the New Orleans, uh, I'm going to (laughs) take, like I said, (laughs) uh, we're going to make this more extreme the longer we go, but uh, so I'm going to take this a step farther and say that right at the moment, the New Orleans Saints are the best and most complete team in the NFC for sure.
2: Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh,
0: They're doing it in all phases right now, and they're led by their defense. I think Man. that got
1: less that got less hot though cuz first you said in the NFL and then you said in the NFC.
0: Well, that's just I that's best team. Like that's the team to me that wins right this if the NFC championship was today, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles and go on to the Super Bowl. And they do it with defense.
2: Wow. Yeah. Man. I, I, I think your take was of than mine, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm, I'm telling you, man. Go back. I, I, know that they had that they gave up quite a bit of garbage to the Detroit Lions this week after they were, it, it, at, you know, after they put fifty-two points on them. And you go into the, you know, the quote-unquote prevent defense, and yeah, there's tons of garbage time, and there's a possibility for that for Brett Hundley. Um, I think that the Packers defense is going to be good enough to keep this game close. But go back and look at the the two weeks prior to that for the Saints. They shut out the Miami Dolphins and allowed 164 yards and a pick to Jay Cutler. No touchdowns.
1: <laughs> Whoop de doo.
2: Wasn't that wasn't that game like three to nothing at halftime though? In like just, just some horrid conditions in London. Yep. I mean there, there there was a little bit more to it in my opinion than just, you know, I don't know. It seemed like a like a poor day for the offenses in general, but
0: And so I'd... how about uh, how about the week before that in week 3 Cam Newton's last bad game of the season so far. 167 yards, 3 interceptions, no touchdowns. And since then Cam Newton has looked like Somebody who's in the running, at least for league MVP. Now I think that Carson Wentz smokes him, but he's he's on his way back up. And yeah, the, and the Saints yeah. shut uh, him down.
1: I think Alex Smith uh, is probably the leader for MVP right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so your argument, your argument for the Saints being the best defense is that they shut down Jay Cutler. And bad Cam Newton. Yes. And you are predicting a defensive struggle between the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> all of that is correct. All right,
1: all right, all right. So, Moving on.
0: So I don't even feel my hot seat at <laughs> do, all, man. I
2: mean, do I, I really <laughs> need to make a bold prediction? <laughs> do,
0: <laughs> do I really need to make another bold prediction beyond this? Because, yeah, I mean, you just kind of summed up an entire, an entire statement. It's... Uh,
1: um, yeah, and John's and, not done. Let's hear your let's hear your prediction. <laughs> yeah. huh? Let's keep
0: it going. <laughs> Travis just puts his hands behind his head and just kind of kicks back and is like, "All right, story time." <laughs> this, this is fantasy football after all. Let's see what kind of fantasies John can come up with. All right, here's my bold prediction, Matt Ryan. So we've got on Thursday, no Sunday night. Sunday night football night in America, a rematch of the Super Bowl, and I'm predicting that Matt Ryan puts up at least 400 yards on the New England Patriots. And not only that, I think he throws for five touchdowns against the number 32 ranked defense in the NFL, by the way.
2: Man, I feel sorry for all those Freeman owners.
0: Yes, sir. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna,
2: one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you're crazy, John. I'm gonna say that you're crazy.
0: <laughs> I definitely
2: think that, <laughs> yeah, you're nuts. N- you're nuts. You're well, you're both. That's <laughs> you. <laughs> but you're right. You're you're nuts, John. You're nuts. good okay. Matt Ryan coming off of a poor performance against Miami. Uh, Miami came back in that game, and the main thing to me is that New England's gonna control the ball because. Atlanta doesn't have their top pass rusher. Vic Beasley's out, and I really feel like that's going to be difficult for Atlanta to get the ball back enough um, to a- actually put up those numbers. So um, it'll be interesting. Uh, I definitely feel like, you know, against this defense, maybe you have a chance. But the defense has played better the last couple of weeks. Look, they gave up, what, 12 points, 13 points to Tampa Bay Thursday night, and then they come back. And even though they, they dig themselves an early hole, you know, they only allow 17 to the Jets. Um, so I, I don't know. I know Atlanta's offense is probably better than both of those teams, Tampa Bay and the Jets, obviously. But um, still, I uh, I don't know, 400 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, that's – that's it, it would have to be a monster shootout game for him to hit those numbers. I just – I don't know, man. I don't see it happening. But if it does, if it does, I'm going to come on the show and I am going to eat my words here next <laughs> week because, man, oh, man, that would be – I want to talk about a bold prediction. That one's bold
1: nice i'd be curious to see if I, I mean i can't think of any off the top of my head maybe i'm just dumb but has any qb put up 400 yards and five touchdowns yet this year
2: i don't think this year no i uh you remember last year last year wasn't there a game where EY, whether it was the giants and the saints it was early in the year and i think EY threw up like five touchdowns and like 400 and some yards and then breeze did the same but he threw up like six touchdowns or something and i like think just it outdid was him yeah i think it was six and seven
1: i think eli that had six been, Bruce yeah. had seven. but i think that was two years ago if i remember yeah it. oh
2: okay okay yeah. yeah yeah that that very well could have been and i remember that game because how often does it happen let alone happen to both quarterbacks in the same game like never so but yeah no i don't i don't think anybody's come near those numbers yet this year
0: yeah not yet it, it happens every year though um, that's true
2: yeah
0: you know usually there's a there's at least a, there's a handful of five touchdown pass uh, games. There's there's one or two six touchdowns. Every once in a while, you even get a seven touchdown game. Those those are pretty rare. That's like, well, actually though, a, a couple years ago we had uh, Nick Foles do it once. Oh yeah. Um, I think Ben Roethlisberger had six that year, and Brady had six at one point that year. Five or uh, six, crazy. and then the following year, Peyton Manning started the season with seven in the first game of the year. So, it yeah, it, yeah but, it happens, and it's going to happen at some point this season. And so, I'm saying that it happens Sunday night with an axe to grind. Matt Ryan just destroys the New England Patriots in a game that's mostly meaningless, <laughs> as opposed hey, to ask- go ahead and uh, going ahead and winning the Super Bowl. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the 25 <25-way> point <Ouch>. lead. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ouch. yeah, but if they learned anything from that, they're going to run the ball, so that might not help you too much. But um, let, me ask you a que- <laughs> let me <laughs> ask you a question here, John. How many of those five touchdown passes go to my guy, Justin Hardy? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give
0: him one. At least I'll, one. I'll, I'll throw him I'll one. give him one. Okay. I'll give Devontae Freeman one. I think Julio Jones probably is due for two.
2: Maybe um, maybe Austin Hooper or uh, Taylor yeah. Gabriel?
0: Um, I could see Hooper getting one. I could see Tevin Coleman getting one. Tevin Coleman's way more likely to get one than Devonta Freeman. Yeah, but, that's true. It's um, true. Yeah, at least one of the two running backs gets one. I, I think Tevin Coleman gets one either way. So um, maybe Devonta Freeman gets one too. But anyways, so... Um, now that we've established that uh, Matt Ryan is indeed going to throw for five touchdowns, um, hey. the, the part that we're not totally clear on is how he's going to get to 400 yards. Um, but five touchdowns is coming. 400 yards. Eh, he'll find a way. Let's do some trade reflections, um, some super flex trades uh, that have gone out on Twitter in the past week. And... uh we're gonna start with this one. This one is straight up in a Superflex PPR league. Kareem Hunt for Deshaun Watson.
1: Yeah, that one's that one's tough. Um, I I went with Watson on this one, and I didn't like it. Uh, it was that's. It, I mean, you can go back and forth on this one. I I guess my main thought is I I'm usually gonna to lean towards, you know, if they're both quote unquote elite uh young assets, you know, in dynasty, I'm gonna lean towards a position that has um the most scarcity and in Superflex, that's that's the QB position. So if you can get, you know, that one of the young rising stars in the league, I, I, I think that's the way I would lean. But it does I'm not comfortable with it.
2: Man, I went back and forth too. Several times I went back and forth on this one. And um I really feel like, uh, in the end, I, I I didn't feel good about it either. But I took Hunt. Um, I think I would side with the Hunt side, and only because, yeah, you know, I I personally I've been on the Hunt bandwagon since he was at Toledo. Um, I was a big believer in him. My first you know article that I ever wrote in fantasy was about how Kareem Hunt would be the steal of the uh, the rookie draft. So um, I've been a I've been a big uh, component of uh, of Hunt for a while. I think the situation he's in is really good. I mean, Andy Reid, uh, you know, in that the, uh, on that team, I can see him running the ball, you know, uh, really well. They, You know, traditionally, Andy Reid has good fantasy running backs. And so um, I don't see Andy Reid going anywhere anytime soon. I think they have a good young quarterback behind Alex Smith that's just going to open things up. So I, I just look at the future and I see it so bright with Hunt, whereas... With Watson, I like what I see out of Watson an awful lot. I think he's very talented, um, and I could I could definitely see what going with that side and the super flex. The only thing that gives me a little trepidation about that is I've seen Bill O'Brien with some of the quarterbacks that he's had, and I don't always trust him, and I don't know what, you know, moving forward if they can be innovative enough to keep him doing what he's doing with some of the uh, – some of the innovative play calling that they're using right now so for me it was hunt but man it was close i could go either way with this one i thought it was uh i thought it was a really interesting uh, trade offer either way
0: i've got hunt and it's not particularly close i think that when you start uh, talking about who you can build a team around kareem hunt for me right now is is the number one running back in dynasty um regardless of the of the format um, he's he's the healthiest. He has a, he doesn't have off the field issues. So, but anyway, so it, to me, Kareem Hunt is is a easy top ten startup pick. Deshaun Watson the the deal with Deshaun Watson is I mean yeah you get him for for a lot longer than you get Kareem Hunt. You get him at a premium position, but there are several other guys who are right there with him right now for me. I would be just as happy I would actually I would take Carson Wentz ahead of him. Um I would be just as happy with Cam Newton. I would be just as I'd I would prefer Cam Newton. I would prefer Marcus Mariota. I would prefer Winston. I would definitely not take Russell Wilson anywhere near I would take Deshaun Watson well before I would take Russell Wilson. But that's just me. But I mean there there're just so many guys in that same tier with Deshaun Watson that I feel like I would I could get any one of those guys. I could take Kareem Hunt early on and then I could get any one of those quarterbacks um from from that same tier as Deshaun Watson and be perfectly happy with that. So for me Kareem Hunt is by far the more valuable asset at this point uh 12 team PPR super flex 6 point per passing touchdown so this is a young a young team with a, a strong contender um, who just lost Aaron Rodgers and so he's asking in a dynasty in this super flex league where you get 6 points per passing touchdown do you trade Aaron Rodgers for Russell Wilson and a second round pick
1: it it really that's, that's hard. I, I would lean towards no, even though I'm a Russell Wilson truther. I mean, I, I could see it. You know, if, you, if you're a contender, like, I mean, he's saying it's tied for the most points in the league. If this is your chance to get that championship and you lost Aaron Rodgers and you don't have two good replacements behind him for your super flex, I could see doing it. But just in a vacuum... I I'd, I'd prefer to keep Rodgers. I mean, I don't think, I mean, the second doesn't, I mean, whatever, you know, uh, Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league and he's got at least five or six years left. So I don't, I don't, in a vacuum, I wouldn't do it, but I could see a situation where you would to try to make your run.
2: I, I kind of agree with that. I, you know, as much as I want to take the Wilson side just to see John have an aneurysm, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I, uh, I think I would rather. I think I'd rather have Rogers. And look, it, basically, what you're doing here is you're hoping that the trend of Russell Wilson having strong second halves continues because he hasn't been very good this year. He really hasn't. And uh, so, you know, I understand you're losing Aaron Rodgers, but you're not going to replace him uh, with, with really anybody in the game. No one's going to replace that production. So you try to minimize it, but um, you're you're banking. Basically, by making this trade, you're banking on Wilson doing something that he hasn't shown this year. And with that offensive line being the way it is, I don't know that I would – uh, that I would I would make that bet. So I think you could get more for Rogers, even though he is hurt. If you really wanted to deal him, I think. Um, You know, you look at uh, at somebody who maybe isn't a contender um, who may be a year or two away and uh, and try to flip for somebody even uh, that that might solidify that even better and maybe get a first instead of a second as well. Um, I could see doing something like that if you really feel like you have a contender. But boy, for the most part, I'm holding Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there's not much I'm trading him for unless I really feel like, again, I can win this year, and even then, I'm not taking this trade. I'm probably finding somebody um, that can help me a little bit more this year than Russell Wilson.
0: That's exactly it. It's 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 okay. It's Aaron Rodgers, and it's not close. And for all the reasons that James you just mentioned, um, I'm I I, I don't want to go too far into it because it would lead to me going off on another rant about Russell Wilson. And we just don't, there's just not enough time in the day, much less in this podcast. So um, I'll, uh, I'll save it for another episode. But I mean, you pick up Brett Hundley off of waivers or you trade for Brett Hundley for much cheaper than you can get Russell Wilson and you get pretty, pretty com- comparable production out of Brett Hundley that you're going to get from Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm not saying that Brett Hundley's better than Russell Wilson. Again, that's for another episode. When I say that,
1: but I had I had to <laughs> unmute my mic for this one, dude. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're you're uh, we're ready to, to go. Uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We'll we'll get to yeah. that in another episode. But I I think that we can agree, right? That that you're going to get similar production from Brett Hundley that you would get from Russell Wilson. Without giving up Aaron Rodgers,
1: no. You don't think so? No, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous statement. <laughs>
0: he's he's walking into the into the best offense in the NFL. He's got wide receivers everywhere. He's got three years in the system watching the best quarterback in the NFL.
2: He'll be good, just not against the Saints' top defense. Is that what I'm? That what I'm hearing?
0: Yeah, you, you got
2: to yes. give him a week. To, give, give him some time to... you got yeah, to right, give him right. a week
0: to get his feet under him and to dispose of the best current defense in the NFL. And then, yeah, he's he'll be fine. I, I'm not saying that he's going to be anything great, but neither is Russell Wilson. <laughs> but the, that's <laughs> John, the whole you, thing. Do you, wear, the,
1: do, you wear, do you wear flip-flops, John?
0: He, I'm not right at the moment.
1: Because you're, you're flip-flopping all over the place, dude. <laughs> I don't
2: I know
0: feel, where you going with that. All I right. feel like this is extremely consistent, far more consistent than Russell Wilson will ever be, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, boy. You, you keep Aaron Rodgers. You go right back to having the number one fantasy quarterback in the NFL when he does come back, which, by the way, still could be this season. In time for the fantasy playoffs, in fact. There's there's right. the possibility of that.
1: And I think I, I think I agree. I am just saying I could see a situation. You know, if you were if you had Rodgers and like Stafford, right, and then your QB three is, I mean, like Jacoby Brissett or something. Are you not making that move?
0: I mean, if I you're if
1: you're tied for most points in the league, and this is your shot to win that championship and win your money, you know, I mean, we all gotta you gotta win at some point yeah well i don't know i'm just i think there's a i think there's a situation in which i would i would do that it just depends on what my qb3 situation is and and if i legitimately think i've got a shot at the title you know
0: yeah well there there's the biggest tragedy for fantasy purposes in this this rogers injury i mean i'm not gonna sit here and say that the the worst part about this is that it just kills fantasy players the worst part about it is a a Guy is injured right now with a broken bone right, right next right. to his face. But the for fantasy players, the worst part about this is not knowing. There's there's a very good chance that Jacoby Brissett basically bridges a gap back to Aaron Rodgers for you. So, yeah, I I wouldn't mind that move. And I think that you know, back to James's point, I think that the real move here, if if you feel like this is your window and the only way to do it is to make a move for a quarterback, and Brett Hundley's not going to get it done for you, I think that you should be able to get quite a bit better than Russell Wilson and a second for Aaron Rodgers, especially in that format.
1: Would you trade – in this situation, would you trade Aaron Rodgers for Deshaun Watson straight up?
0: That's – man, that's interesting. All right, that one – Ah uh, man, I I still don't think I could. I still don't
2: think I could do it. Oh man, really? It's, See, it's I, close, I think I do but... it. I think I do that one. Yeah, I do, and and I yeah, and I I have some trepidation about uh, about Watson moving forward, but boy, when you get a guy who, you know, you get for another what maybe five, six, seven years. I mean, a young guy, a guy who's a rookie in the league that can help you win now and could also help you win in the future man I don't know it, that that's a tough that's a tough one but uh man I, I think I do it I think I would
1: I think it's tempting i think I think I couldn't let myself do it because I hate selling low and I yeah. hate buying high that's and that's exactly what that trade is mm-hmm. Yep.
0: yep and that's that's the entire story right there for me that's that's the whole thing. I'm not even thinking so much about what's on the other side of the trade. I'm thinking about the fact that if I'm going to sell Aaron Rodgers, here's what the price is. I know everybody thinks that that I'm, you know, that I'm desperate to move him and that I'm desperate to find a replacement for him right this second. But it's a dynasty league. I, I don't have to do that. I again, I go right back next year to having the number one quarterback in all the Di- in all of fantasy and the number one cor- the number one asset in all of, in all of uh, superflex dynasty.
2: Yeah, and uh, but, but let me let me ask you a question: Where do you think? And and I guess you kind of answered this a little bit um, that you're a little lower on Watson, you know, than than others. But um, I think I think in my my retrospect, I I, I would say that he's probably a – top five dynasty quarterback for me and so I don't see the huge drop off for myself however I could see if you have him lower in your rankings than I do and and you know it's really easy to do like you said Carson Wentz could be a guy you have higher um there are several guys you know uh, uh Dak Prescott um you know Aaron Rodgers himself you know I mean there's several guys that you could have higher that you know I Mariota um you know that you know would be understandable but uh but I think it depends on your rankings where you have Watson. You know, how va- how high do you value him? And then how how much do you think – how what do you think your odds are of winning this year? Because if your odds are really good at winning this year, I, I think it makes it even more tempting. But, no, you're right. I mean, you're definitely yeah, – you're selling low, but I don't know how low you're selling. I think it depends on your rankings and your thoughts on Watson moving forward.
0: Yeah. So to me, it, it just kind of comes back to the same discussion that we had last week about Odell Beckham. I put Aaron Rodgers right there with Odell Beckham. I mean, I know that the age is, is a difference, but the, to me, the value is the same in this format. In a super flex where you're getting six points per passing touchdowns, I, I, first of all, in, in this particular format, I think that Deshaun Watson's value drops a little bit. Um, part of his value is in the rushing and the fact that you're getting more points for his rushing touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers' passing touchdowns. But I also think that uh, that Aaron Rodgers' value doesn't necessarily take a hit here. It's a little tougher because of his age, but I, I think that he still holds basically the same value, which to me in, in this format is about three first-round picks and i think that that's the value you need to be looking at, at getting i mean you can definitely lower that a little bit if you if you feel like this is your chance to to contend this is your one chance to get a championship a championship but i i'm not going a whole lot lower than that we've got a lot more trades to talk about but we're running low on time this week so we'll get back to it next week right now let's get into our super streakers uh, for those who don't know the super flex super streak is an ongoing competition where you choose one or two quarterbacks to consider um, each week to, who, uh, who, will, who will pass for at least 250 yards. And you build your streak every time you get one right. And it's a very fun competition. Um, and I definitely advise everybody to jump in with us next season. But for now, let's talk about some guys who you would consider uh, to help build your super streak Let's start with you, Travis.
1: Yeah, I got robbed last week going with Cam. I think he ended with like 242 uh, with 71 rushing. So I'm at a zero streak right now, but I'm going to go. John might think this is bold since New Orleans is apparently the number one defense, but I'm going to go with Brent Brent Hunley at home against New Orleans. Uh, I don't think I need to say much more than that, John.
0: Yeah, I've already called you both nuts on that one. So,
1: <laughs> plus t- 250 is
0: doable.
1: Yeah, he had 157 yards in his first ever game with no prep, or his first start this year with no prep against Minnesota. So, I think
2: it's I think it's definitely doable.
0: It's it's doable. Who do you got, James?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm going streaking, man, because uh, last week <laughs> last last week uh was brutal, taking Kevin Hogan. So I'm going a little safer here. I'm going to take Kirk Cousins. Uh, he's playing uh, against the Eagles uh, on the road. But I, I could see a lot of passing there. I could see that being a little bit of a shootout. And uh, so I like Kirk Cousins to go over that 250 mark. He did it last week. Um, and uh, and I think I think he's a safe bet to do it this week, too.
0: And I'm taking the other side of that matchup. Um, Carson Wentz uh, at home against... Kirk Cousins and Washington, and I think that's going to be a shootout. I think they both get there. Um, so if you haven't used either of them, uh, I would definitely say to uh, to try and plug them both in to get your streak going. I need a streak because uh, last week I took Deshaun Watson and um, he wasn't able to get there against the Cleveland Browns. So that'll do it for us for this week for Travis at Travis NFL. For James at DFF underscore Psychic, I'm John at DFF Dynasty Dude. You can follow us all at the Dynasty Football Factory at DFF underscore Dynasty and the Dynasty Football Network at DF underscore Network. Also follow our Superflex podcast account at Superflexpod and send us your trades at Superflex Trades so that we can get those out to the masses for you. And check out the other DF Network podcasts So much awesome stuff So much useful content going out right now The Fantasy Football Fellas The Dynasty War Zone The IDP Edge Crushers The Devi Watch Podcast And now the brand new Capology 101 And finally a special thanks to Heart and Soul Radio For doing our intro music The song The Addiction Check them out on iTunes And YouTube as well And until next week, best of luck in week seven. Bye.